loving you live your life in vanity. You treated all your hopes and You're listening to Red Sea Catholic Radio. We're continuing our series with Renee Brown, the Director of Counseling Services for Catholic Charities of Central Texas. With us is Deacon Ronnie Lostovica, who is our Pastoral Care Coordinator for the Restorative Justice Ministry in the Gatesville region, which is service to the incarcerated and those who tend to them. And myself, Father Harry Dean, a priest of the Diocese of Austin, also engaged in the Restorative Justice Ministry. And what's our first question for our final session on boundaries today, Deacon Ronnie? Renee, how does a person know what their boundaries are? Well, as we've talked about in all of our other sessions, remembering that your boundaries are the limits or they're the rules that you set for yourself within relationships, understanding that your boundaries are going to be different in all your relationships or within different settings. So the boundaries that I may have at work are going to be different than the boundaries maybe that I have with my family or the boundaries that I have with my family may be different than the boundaries that I have with my friends. So when you're creating your boundaries, um, that's one of the things to consider is, you know, the setting. Is this a work setting? Is this, um, you know, within my family? So your boundaries may look a little different um, depending upon what setting you're in. And also, Knowing that your boundaries are always based, as we talked about before, they're based in your values. Um, it's the things that are important to you. So, for example, if uh, if you value spending time with your family, um, then at work, you might have to set firm value uh, boundaries about working late. So if you value your family time, then you may have to have a boundary with your boss. Like, you know, I get off at five and I'll be leaving at five. You know, I don't work late. When I was a teacher, that was my thing. Like school got out at four and I was out. The, I was walking out of the building at four because I had kids. So that was a boundary at work. I always believed that work would be there the next day. It's not going anywhere. Um, and then when I was home, I had a boundary and it was just a boundary with myself that when I was at home, that was the time for my kids and, and myself. There was no work. So there wasn't any grading papers at night. Um, I'm not calling parents, uh, all the myriad of things that teachers do. I did not do that once I got home. It was all about my kids and, and that relationship. So just um, just always remembering that different situation calls for different boundaries, maybe different people, different settings. And your boundaries are yours, and they're yours alone. And many of your boundaries may or may not align with other people around you. I mean, they may not align with your family values, the, those, the values that were created by your family of origin. You know, it may not align with work. But your, uh, your boundaries are yours and they're yours alone. What are some thoughts or personal beliefs about self that can help someone in developing their personal boundaries? So I have this fantastic handout that I like to use. And so I have to give credit to um, the folks that created it. But it's actually a PDF form. Anybody can find it online, actually. 
And it comes from the Johnson State College in Vermont. Um, and this was their student life, their counseling services at some of their documents. And they have a PDF on developing healthy boundaries. So a lot of the information that you've heard, you know, in our last few segments have came from this particular PDF. It is awesome. But when we think about um, just some of our thoughts and beliefs, they affect how we build you know, our boundaries, how we create them comes out of the way that we think and out of our um, our beliefs. And then um, just kind of looking at each one, seeing if it's realistic, your boundaries, and then how are you going to, what, what are you going to do if somebody violates it? So um, they actually have examples. So I want to use some of their examples. But so, for example, here's an unhealthy belief. I can never say no to others. So if you want to think in healthy terms, what you would say to yourself is, you know what? I have a right to say no to others. It's an invasion of my space or it's a violation of my rights. You know, I have a right to say no. So that would be a healthy boundary builder. So essentially what I'm going to be giving you are the unhealthy beliefs. And then I'm going to give you a healthy boundary builder statement. Um, It's my duty to hold everybody together. Okay, that's an unhealthy belief. We are not responsible for everybody, you know, and holding everybody together. So your healthy builder would be, you know, I have a right to take care of myself. And if they wanted to stay together as a family or a group, you know, each individual person needs to decide what's right for them. And then we can come together as a group and figure things out. Um, we all share in a responsibility to create a united group. So this one I like because sometimes what happens is one person in a family, uh, this reminds me of my dad, they feel like it's their job in the family unit to hold everybody together. And then they don't keep themselves you know, healthy mentally and emotionally because it's all about this whole united group. But in that whole united group, this person or that person may not even be interested and you're doing all this work and feeling maybe <clears throat> really down or overwhelmed. So um, it's better to like get the group together and decide what we're going to do and go from there instead of one person has to do it all. Um, another unhealthy would belie- uh, belief could be, I can never trust anybody again. You know, let's, you got you had a bad relationship or something happened, and now your unhealthy belief says, I can never trust anybody again. But building, you know, that healthy, healthy boundary builder is going to say, I have a right to take the risk to grow in my relationships with others. If I find my rights are being violated or ignored, I can assertively protect myself and not harm others in doing that. So... The unhealthy you says, I just can't trust people. But the healthy boundary builder says, you know what? I'm going to take a risk, you know, and I'm going to put myself out there and I'm going to give it a try. But if somebody violates or they ignore a boundary, then I know I need to take care of myself in an assertive way. Um, Let's see. I would feel really guilty. We talked about this before. Um, I would feel really guilty if I did something on my own, but I left my family out. Or I, may, I leave the group out. That's what the unhealthy belief is, right? But the healthy um, boundary, uh, boundary builder says, I have the right and need to do things that are just uniquely for me. 
And I don't have to become so overly enmeshed with everybody else where I lose my identity. If you'll remember in the last session, we talked about enmeshment. It happens a lot in families. And so you become so enmeshed that you lose your identity as the as an individual. Your identity is built around this family unit of enmeshment. And then the unhealthy belief becomes, I feel guilty. You know, if I go out on my own and do something, if I go out and have my own boundaries, I feel guilty for that. And then the last example, one of the last examples they give us is, and I like this one, it says, I've been hurt badly in the past. Because I think there's a lot of people walking around in this world that have been just deeply hurt and they're holding on to that. So I've been deeply hurt in the past and I'm never going to let anybody get close to me again. I'm never going to let anybody hurt me again. I hear that a lot from clients. And so that's one of those unhealthy beliefs that it's going to be really challenging to build a boundary. So your healthy boundary builder would be, you know, I do not need to be cold in distance. I don't need to be shy. Um, And I have protective tools I can use not to be hurt. You know, that boundary is going to whatever boundary you create will help you not to be hurt. So I choose to open up myself to others and just trust that if I'm being, you know, assertive, you know, in my boundaries, and if I'm enforcing them, um, then hopefully, you know, somebody will not violate them. And so um, that was just a few of the examples that they gave for those unhealthy beliefs that affect your ability um, to maybe create some healthy boundaries. So, Renee, what do healthy personal boundaries look like? One of the, um, so again, I love the therapist aid. I told you all about that the last time. So um, if you're thinking about like healthy boundaries, um, what do they look like? Um, these are more like some examples. So some of the things that you could say to people, um, like when you're trying to express yourself uh, clearly, maybe with some boundaries, you can say things like, um, I'm not comfortable with this. I'm not comfortable with that. Um, I can't do that for you, right? So if somebody said, hey, could you go pick up these drugs for me? Or, hey, I can't do that for you. Another phrase could be, this is not acceptable, you know, or it could be, that's not acceptable to me. If somebody's asking me to do something and for me, it violates my value, it violates um, a boundary, I can say, you know, that's not acceptable to me. Um, Please don't do that. And if you'll notice in everything I'm saying, there's no yelling, there's no screaming. It's just a direct, honest communication, which is what we want in boundaries. Um, This doesn't work for me or, you know, that doesn't work for me. You know, um, that can be a a positive phrase to say within a boundary or I'm drawing the line at this is where I'm drawing the line in the sand. I'm drawing a line at, you know, you're not going to drink in my presence, or I'm drawing a line in the sand that you're not going to call me, you know, the B word, you know, I'm not tolerating that or whatever. Um, It could be a statement of not at this time, because maybe it's something too that you need to think about, or maybe it may not work for you right now. It doesn't mean it won't work in the future. Like, you know, with my kiddo not being able to come into the house, not at this time, you know, but maybe it will change sometime in the future. 
And you can even change your mind about something. I've decided I'm not going to do that, or I've decided I'm not going to participate in that. Or it can be, I don't want to do that. You know, I don't want to do that. Very simple, very direct, very honest. So those are just some of the things that you could say to people. And then um, just some things that you can do when you're presenting your boundary to somebody. You want to use confident body language. So you want to face the other person. You want to make good eye contact with them. um, And you want your voice to kind of be steady, you know, um, and using appropriate volume. You don't want to be yelling at them, but you may not want to be just real quiet either. But um, a lot of times the way that we engage with people in a physical manner you know, when we're trying to get a point across or a boundary or what we're going to tolerate and not tolerate, um, the way that we look at a person, the way we carry ourselves um, can be very helpful. And you want to be respectful. Um, you don't want to be yelling. I see this all the time in stores and stuff. It's so interesting to me. You know, like people are trying to get a point across. And like I said, they're emotionally dysregulated. You want to be emotionally regulated or non-emotional. And it means you're going to avoid yelling You're going to avoid putting somebody down. You know, we don't need to name call people. um, And nor do we want to give the silent treatment. Well, I'm just going to ignore you and not say anything at all. Neither one of those are the way to be respectful. You know, you just want to be firm and make sure that you're getting your message across and make sure you're being respectful. Like, you don't have to start the conversation with um, (laughs) thinking, what I hear all the time is MF, like, you know, mf like blah, 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 blah. No, you don't need to do all of that. I, I think partly what happens when, when you start off with the cussing and the name calling, immediately the other person shuts down. They're not even going to hear your boundary after that because they're so put off by the way you started. And then plan ahead. You know, if you're not used to using boundaries and you're not used to um, maybe you know, taking up for yourself or however you want to put this, practice it. You know, think about what you want to say and practice in the mirror. You know, if you're, if you kind of struggle with the eye contact, that sustained eye contact, practice it in a mirror, you know, or practice it with a safe friend. You know, hey, I want to practice what I'm saying. You know, can you help me with this? And so plan ahead. Think about what you want to say. How do you want to say it? Um, before you enter that difficult conversation or discussion with somebody, practice it ahead of time. If this is something that you're not comfortable with, um, if you practice it ahead of time, you're going to feel more confident. And don't freak out. Like the first time you're presenting a boundary to somebody um, or you're going to have this discussion where the boundary is going to be presented, you know, you may not lack, you may lack a little confidence. You know, you may feel shaky on the inside, but just know you're going to get through it. And just ignore that voice inside of you going, I can't do it because you can, right? And then compromise. You know, it could be appropriate to compromise with somebody. Um, When it's appropriate, you know, listen, consider the needs of that person. um, But just know you don't have to compromise. You don't have to. If it's a healthy relationship you're having with somebody, you can probably do that. But if it's already an unstable, unhealthy relationship, compromise uh, may not be the best thing. And so um, I think that's all with that. Um, yeah. 
So you covered some of the, you know, what are things that people can say or do to maintain their boundaries with with others. Um, one sense, and just to kind of follow up on that particular question and, and expand just a touch on it, um, the fear um, mm-hmm. that I have, and you know, and it may not necessarily be fear of rejection. Um, I may not have regulated emotional status on a consistent basis. Knowing that about myself, it may be fearful to exercise boundaries because I'm not sure where that's going to go for me. And then I wanted to add one more thing to that, too. There's been a couple of times where you've mentioned, to my surprise, which is why I want to bring it up, that um, when things aren't going well in the boundary dynamic between self and other, that most of the time it's not about other, it's about self. Absolutely, it can be about self because there are fears involved, whether it's fear of love, fear of rejection, fear of your own emotion, right? Like you said, if it's a person who has a tendency to become emotionally dysregulated, they may have that fear of, well, what if I'm trying to, you know, share my boundary with somebody and then I end up going off on them, so to speak, you know? Um, Absolutely, that can be a drawback to trying to present your boundary. So a thing to work on would definitely be getting your emotions in control or just knowing, like, knowing yourself. And if you feel yourself getting triggered, if you feel yourself getting angry or upset, knowing that this may not be the best time to try to uh, share a boundary with somebody, that's going to be the time to kind of walk away and know that you'll have to come back to this at some other point. Renee, what are some tips for setting healthy boundaries? Uh, are there any helpful steps to consider when developing or establishing boundaries? Yeah. Um, so when you're thinking about just some some good old tips to setting boundaries, um, think about, um, and and let me give you guys, this, this came from a book by Ann Kath, um, and her book, is violence intervention and prevention. Well, she works at the Violence Intervention and Prevention Center. And um, so this was an article that she had put together that was really helpful as well. Um, But when you identify the need to set a boundary, always do it calmly, firmly, clearly, respectfully, and maybe try to use as few words as possible. Sometimes when we are presenting a boundary and we get too wordy, then it's going to lose its meaning to the other person. And you may even get confused in your presentation. And don't apologize for the boundary that you're setting. You know, if if the person is becoming angry and they're upset, that's about them. You know, so um, don't let that deter you or, may, or put you in a position that you feel like you need to apologize for your boundary. I don't even start a boundary with, I'm sorry. Because I'm not sorry that I'm setting this boundary, right? Um, There are those people that do feel like they need to apologize for everything. And if you're setting a boundary, you have nothing to apologize for. This is keeping you safe. Um, And remembering that you're not responsible for that other person's reaction to the boundary that you're setting. Because that boundary is for you. It's to protect you emotionally and mentally, whatever. So if your boundary you know, with your mom is, well, you're not going to call me, you know, a bad name. You're not going to say hateful things to me. Um, 
And she gets upset and she's like, well, F you, you know, you're my kid. I can say whatever I want to you. Well, no, you can't. Right. So know that if this person's angry, that's about them. And what they really don't like is because now they can't get over on you anymore. Maybe they can't use you as the whipping boy anymore, so to speak. You know, so it's about them being upset. Um, There are going to be some people in your life who may be used to being abusive and controlling and manipulating. And what your boundary is telling them is you can't do that anymore. So they're not going to like it and they're going to be resistant to it. So if you've had that person that's used to being manipulative and hurtful and abusive, and now you're saying, no, I'm not taking that anymore. They're not going to know what to do about that. And they're going to be angry. They're going to try to project that onto you. Um, so just kind of be aware of that. Um, and you, what happens, I, I love what she says in here. If you apologize for your boundary, you're really sending a mixed message to this person, right? Like, well, this is my boundary, but I'm sorry, I'm, I'm setting the boundary. You know, it can send a mixed message to the person that's receiving the boundary. Um, and just remember, at first, you know, you may, you're going to probably experience some of those feelings of selfishness or you're going to experience some of those feelings of guilt. Um, or you may even feel embarrassed, you know, that you're setting a boundary but just remind yourself that you have a right to self-care and self-preservation. You have a right to that. And so um, kind of ignoring that feeling of selfishness or guilt. Um, and don't let that fear and anxiety um, keep you from doing the things that are helping you to take care of yourself. Um, so often, I think... Uh, when I listen to clients, I've had some clients that have had some really challenging experience. I keep bringing this up because it's just fresh in my mind of toxic parents who really felt like they could say anything and do anything to their children and without a repercussion, you know, and that even as adults, children, their children should still tolerate that. Well, no, you don't have to tolerate that. You don't have to put up with that. And when you feel um, when you feel anger or resentment, um, or find yourself whining and you're complaining, that could be the time to set a boundary with somebody. So if you feel like you're complaining and whining to others about this person, um, or you feel resentment towards a person, that could be a good time to develop a boundary with whoever this is. Um, learning to set boundaries, healthy boundaries with people. This is a process. It takes time. If you've never done this before, it's going to take a it's going to take some time to get used to this and remembering to be consistent and to set them up when you need them and when you want them. Don't let other people. Oh, you need to have a boundary with them. It always has to be when you feel like you're ready to do that and not at the direction of somebody else. And if somebody else can give you direction into when to create a boundary, they probably need a boundary as well. And then, um, you know, develop a support system of people, you know, who can help you in this with this as well. And people that are going to respect you kind of build up that support system around you. And you want to eliminate people who are toxic. So if it's your uh, parent, if it's a sibling, if it's your best friend since 
1972, it doesn't matter who the person is. If they are toxic to you, then you may have to eliminate them from your life. So in hearing you talk about that with with boundaries and and, um, when someone strategically creates a boundary in order to inflict pain upon me. Now, I know that that's not something that ordinary people would consider, but when you get Mm -hmm. in the world of people who manipulate Mm -hmm. and um, are driven by an unhealthy desire to be dominant or to uh, see others as uh, points of opportunity for them, which unfortunately in the incarcerated life, there's a lot of that that flows through those buildings and and communities. Um, And yet they've, they've heard us and they've listened to the rationale for boundary making. And yet- they they bring that deviance into the mm-hmm. picture and and join them together. Let's say I recognize that. What am I going to do? What am I going to say to somebody who has on surface presented a legitimate boundary, but I know very well by hearing it that this was designed to get under my skin and ruffle my feathers. Then it's time to have a boundary with them, right? Right. So, you know, if you have that ability to recognize like – this is this is not a legitimate boundary. This is something that somebody's doing to get at me, to hurt me, um, to manipulate me. And you know these people. After a while, we typically can recognize it. Sometimes we're just in fear of doing anything about it. Then it may be that at that moment to take some time. There may not be an immediate uh, solution, right? That's something you need to think about, in, you know, for a moment or a day or two, right? Think about like, what they said to you, what the manipulation was, and then you want to make sure that you come back to this person and and let them know, like, you know, I realized that the boundary that you were using with me was a manipulative move on your part, but this is my boundary, and whatever boundary you come up for dealing with that, with their particular boundary, if that kind of makes sense. In other words, you're going to have to develop a boundary for their boundary, Right. Because really it wasn't it was a manipulation described in boundary. I think that's where uh, a discerned life, uh, meaning I'm recollected about who I am and and how I perceive other people and and um, really uh, what they are in my life. But prayer, prayer is huge uh, for those moments. when you, And I like what you said. Essentially, what I heard you say was take a time out. Mm-hmm. Don't respond to it right away. Consider it all the way through. Think about what you're going to say. And as a priest of Jesus Christ, I would want to add to that and or, or as part and parcel with it, that it's just we're going to pray. I'm going to I'm going to ask God what. And, and sometimes I give that as a penance to people who are having difficulties in their life. I'll say your penance is to pray with the Lord tonight and ask him, what am I supposed to say? When am I supposed to say it? And when that moment comes, give me the courage to go there. Absolutely. I think prayer, I mean, so helpful in self-care, but it's such it can be such a guide when we need to do those important things in, in our life. So even in setting any boundary, whether it was somebody was giving you a manipulative boundary, when you're setting boundaries, I think that's a perfect time to pray and get some, you know, enlightenment on how to work with this person. Um, it makes me think about, a little bit about um, what to do. Um, one of the questions that I had on here was what to do, what do healthy boundaries look like? And we talked about that a little bit, but 
this one, um, it kind of gives you examples, and it says anger. Um, you, so if somebody's angry coming at you, it can be, you know, you may not continue to yell at me. If you do, I'm going to leave the room. I'm going to leave this meeting. Um, if they're trying to buy time, um, I have a policy of making snap decisions. And so I'm going to take some time to reflect on this, and I'll get back with you later. And so that kind of speaks to what, you know, your comment about the person that was given a boundary and you need to have a boundary with them would work really well. Well, Renee, Deacon Ronnie, I want to thank you both very much for being here with us. And uh, this concludes our four-session series on uh, boundaries. I wanted to uh, call on the Holy Father, uh, the prayer that ends his newest encyclical, Fratelli Tutti, and uh, the prayer is this. O God, Trinity of love, from the profound communion of your divine life, pour out upon us a torrent of fraternal love. Grant us the love reflected in the actions of Jesus and his family of Nazareth and in the early Christian community. Grant that we Christians may live the gospel, discovering Christ in each human being, recognizing him crucified in the sufferings of the abandoned and forgotten of our world, and risen in each brother or sister who makes a new start. Come, Holy Spirit, show us your beauty, reflected in all the peoples of the earth, so that we may discover anew that all are important and all are necessary, different faces of the one humanity that God so loves. Amen. If you walk with me, brother, 